0: Colleen, and this podcast is an inside look at recovery, which I define as a lifelong journey to get out of your own way and become your own best friend. Join me for mindset upgrades that move you from worry and regret to resilience and confidence. I'll share easy strategies for how to feel better without having to make major changes. Because it's not what you do, it's who you are self-care is the path to recovery because our needs are not negotiable so in this session we're going to cover nutrition and nutrition is so important Um, many of us come in from alcohol use disorder and not even realizing it we have a lot of nutritional deficiencies our blood sugar is out of whack that's very normal. You know, I um, I was a health coach even when I was actively drinking and, you know, I'm known for all of my plant-based recipes. And if you're ever around me, you'll see that I have, you know, I'm always eating whole foods and, and plant-based. And, you know, I honestly think that that was um, part of the reason why I probably was able to function as well as I did for so long because it compensated um but ultimately diet was not enough to compensate um and then you know I kind of hit a rapid decline in terms of my mental health and my physical health. Um, I didn't feel like I was sick um but slowly I just I didn't have the energy to work out like I did. I was you know crawling through my exercise every day and it was getting harder and harder to show up. Um, so food plays a really important role in recovery and you know i want to preface what i'm about to say with if nutrition isn't your thing then you should know as you probably already do that people do recover without paying attention to nutrition you know if you went to an aa meeting or checked into some rehab or something like that Um, Very little, if any, attention would be paid to nutrition. In fact, if you go to an AA meeting, there's likely going to be donuts and coffee. And, um, you know, I discussed in one of the earlier videos how sugar and caffeine and nicotine and other substances that you ingest, you know, artificially ingest, they do temporarily boost your dopamine but what goes up must come down. So there's always a withdrawal effect of the benefits. You know, you drink a cup of coffee, you feel better, you feel more energy, you feel focused, but then there's a a price to pay for that. And in addition to that, um, because you're artificially stimulating or externally stimulating your dopamine, your brain can continue to be lazy and not produce it on its own. So, If you are struggling in recovery and you want to maximize the way you feel and accelerate your return to normal, eliminating substances like sugar and caffeine in the short term are really a good idea. Again, people do recover all the time without this component. So if it's not your thing, next, don't worry about it. You know, I I really think in life, the pain of the problem has to be greater than the actual problem before we do something about it. Um, So, you know, the pain of alcohol use disorder has to be greater than the solution to alcohol use disorder, which is to quit drinking. And the same thing, you know, I know for me, because I'm so aware of nutrition, I was much more tuned in to how nutrition could help me. In fact, I'll share that I have been an intermittent faster for, I don't know, three or four years. And I have found that to be kind of the missing link to all my plant-based eating and everything else. Um, The way it looks for me is I don't worry about the time, but when I intermittent fast, I just don't really eat breakfast. I get up and, you know, either have a cup of coffee. Um, which I occasionally do drink and sometimes I don't. Right now I'm not. I, I switched to tea because I'm having some bladder issues and caffeine was irritating it. But I basically don't eat lunch before noon or one. And I found in early recovery, luckily I was listening to my body, that was not working for me. And so I stopped intermittent fasting and I didn't pick it up again for probably, I don't know, six or nine months. It just one day felt good to do, and I was like, "All right, you know, let's let's try that again." And now I'm back to intermittent fasting. Um, you know, unless I don't, unless I have plans for breakfast to meet somebody or something, I don't worry about it. But um, so I really encourage you to look at your own definition of what works for you and just throw everything out. The other thing I'll say is I am plant based, and I'm pretty strict about it. Um, I turned vegan when I think 2009 or 2010, and I have really stuck with that diet. Well, since I went through early recovery and learned so much about the brain chemistry and what supports brain chemistry, I honestly don't recommend that. Um, So if you are a plant-based person, you can do it. I did it. If you're not, Uh, now's not the time. And if you want to be, now's not the time. Um, The amino acids that our brain needs to, you know, recalibrate dopamine, recalibrate serotonin, uh, heal from all of the stress overload, you know, the adrenal fatigue um, with the cortisol levels and the stress hormones. Uh, Those are produced by amino acids that are highly present in animal foods and are not present in in nearly the same amount, therapeutic amounts, as they are in plants. So um, with that being said, one of the handouts below this video is whole food recipes. And I've, these are my favorite and best recipes that I've taught multiple classes with plant-based eating on. So they're tried and tested multiple times. Most of them are pretty easy in terms of, you know, preparation. Uh, They're a lot easier than they look. And I encourage you to look through these uh, for a couple of reasons, Uh, not because you're going plant-based right now, but because the desserts That you're gonna find in there um, have no sugar. Um, Whenever I make desserts, they're all uh, the the sweet part is medjool dates, Um, and so there's a lot of fiber. There's a lot of nutrients without the added sugar, and they're delicious and they're easy to make. You can make a batch of cookies or a batch of brownies in you know, less than 30 minutes if you have a sweet tooth. There's also some energy balls in there. So I encourage you to look through the recipes for sweet things if you're looking uh, to satisfy that craving without, you know, the donuts. And then also uh, the breakfast options in there. I have an avocado toast that also has beans, uh, white beans mixed in so you don't even know they're there. Um, I have a smoothie recipe. And smoothies are a great way to hit all the nutritional checkbox without having a lot of prep time. You can even make multiple days at one time. And so the smoothie recipe that I include is very versatile. You know, I I list all sorts of options, but basically you're putting in some sort of uh, milk, and then berries and greens, and then flax seeds, which are really high in omega and fiber, um, and then various anti-inflammatory herbs and spices like ginger or turmeric or cinnamon. You don't have to use all those, and the recipe explains how to keep it real simple. But, as I said, with me giving up intermittent fasting, what I found intuitively before I had read the research and understood the biology was that eating three meals a day was very necessary because um, when you come in from alcohol use disorder, 95% of people, you know, the study I've read says 95% of alcoholics checking into a rehab. So I don't know what the actual percentage is for, you know, early exiters and healthy people that are like, check, please, I'm done. Um, But I feel like I was probably close, if not over the threshold, for hypoglycemia, meaning that my blood sugar was really, really low because alcohol keeps your blood sugar low. It triggers an insulin release. So even with healthy diets and no sugar being added to your food, you can still develop that pre-diabetes Risk factors, and it takes time—not a long time, but it does take time for the the blood sugar to restabilize. And so, you're not only dealing with brain chemistry, dopamine and serotonin, and you know the adrenals of cortisol, but you're also dealing with blood sugar issues. So, my recommendation, which is above this video, um, is that you eat three square meals a day, including breakfast, and um, make sure you have protein in every meal so if you are plant-based then what that might look like is a a protein powder a a vegan protein powder Um, and whether it's vegan or not adding protein powder to your smoothie or something like that really just gives your brain um, and blood sugar that extra support that's necessary and you know food is medicine but it's not a drug so one salad, one smoothie isn't gonna make you feel like you've got a whole new reality. But when you eat three square meals a day, within a week, you're feeling a lot better. And honestly, you do feel better in, in one day, but in terms of seeing changes in your health, it's just the habit over time. So keep your expectations low. Once again, food's not a drug, but it is your best medicine. So in the, in the basic suggestions above, I list in order of appearance. Um, so the first and most important thing for you to do is to drink 64 ounces of water a day because. Many of us come in from alcohol use disorder also severely hydrated. For me, I had hair issues for years. It was always breaking off. It would grow about this much, and then I had all these split ends. And I went through tons of supplements and heartache, you know, with women at least, our hair's kind of a thing, and I could not figure out. I fired my hairdresser multiple times because she's over-processing. The highlights or whatever. And when I quit drinking, six months later, my hair is growing like a weed and shiny. And evidently I was massively dehydrated. So the other thing with water is that It keeps you energized. So, when I was training to be a health coach in my very first round of of coaching education, we had to do experiments for any diet or any habit that we recommended. And so I did, except I really didn't give up alcohol. That's a true story. But I um, started the water experiment, and it was an experiment designed to help people who are trying to get off coffee realize that. water is far more energizing than coffee. Coffee kind of gives you that wiry feeling, you know, and I love coffee. Do not get me wrong. But I did the experiment and I started drinking 64 ounces of water a day. I got up, I slammed one and then multiple times throughout the day, I just carried around a big jug. Again, in the nighttime, there might've been a little vodka in that, but we're not judging here. So what I found was it was absolutely true. The more water I drank, the better i felt my skin was glowing my energy levels were high you know so in the afternoon per this experiment i discovered that if i was tired and sluggish slamming a glass of water was far better than making the choice to drink caffeine in the afternoon which then ultimately might keep me up or whatever so just be open to these sorts of little things that you know no they won't change your life but damn, it all adds up, you know what I'm saying? So the first thing I suggest is your hydration. Focus on that. If you focus on nothing else, you're doing well. Second is to minimize your caffeine, sugar, and processed food. Um, Processed food just makes you feel like crap. And every little bit counts. Again, think of things on a spectrum of one to 10. And if you're already feeling bad at a five, That processed food, and I'm talking fast food, I'm talking chips, I'm talking fried food, you know, all of that, it might actually push you up to a six. It's not gonna kill you that day. Instead, a healthy meal might take you down to a four. So you were at a five and instead of going to a six, you went to a four. And when you're at a four, your bandwidth just improves and you're able to make even more good decisions that ultimately might push you down a little bit lower in terms of how you feel on a scale of one to 10. So really important to minimize uh, bad food. Sugar um, would be the second priority over processed food. And then caffeine would be something to consider if you are dealing with cravings Um, And if you are dealing with, you know, mood and energy levels and all that, taking caffeine out will actually improve your energy levels and nothing wrong with, you know, uh, scoping down or whatever you say there. Uh, No need to go into a caffeine withdrawal as well. You know, just cut if you're normally drinking three or four cups of coffee, cut it to two, cut it to one. Um, you substitute with decaf or, you know, I, when I've done this, I switched to half decaf, half regular, you know, be smart, be kind to yourself, but try to move yourself in the right direction. And then the third thing above us, um, as I said, is to eat three meals a day, and that will keep your brain chemistry and blood sugar stable. Um, Include plenty of protein Uh, Plant-based proteins are your tofus and your tempeh. Beans have a lot of protein, Um, but obviously I don't go into a lot of meat proteins because you already know how to cook chicken or fish or whatever. So my whole food plant-based recipe thing down there, it doesn't have any meats and don't mistake that as a suggestion that you should give up meats right now because you really shouldn't. Meat and dairy. Um, the research shows that it's that the amino acids are much more ready, readily available, but you can use those recipes to substitute. You know, I have an, a fabulous recipe for uh, artichoke spinach dip in, in spaghetti squash, and it's amazing. And so you can make that and put some chicken with it or whatever. Um, so just make sure that you're getting good protein and good fats. Now is not the time, even if you have weight to lose. You're going to lose more weight if you're keeping your blood sugar stable and not having cravings that ultimately defeat the purpose of healthy eating throughout the day. And if you keep your body nourished, then your metabolism will function on on its maximum potential wherever you're at. So don't think that starving yourself is uh, ever gonna lead to good results. Denying yourself the care that you need um, is not the way to get where you want to go. And that's a belief that is often very, very ingrained. I have a lot of clients, just as many clients come in with that they've gained weight because they've been drinking. But a lot of us, and I would include myself in this category, had the drinkorexia, you know, where we'd rather drink our calories than eat. And so there might be some psychological issues. um, And I'm happy to work with you one-on-one or bring those to the group calls because you're not the only one. Most people are on one side of the fence or other. They're eating either eating too much and coping with, you know, their emotions or whatever with bad food or they're starving themselves. And the goal, the road to health requires balance. So, um, you know, if you can let go, and if you can't, That's when, you know, you got to seek additional support, but if you can let go of, okay, this early recovery, I'm going to accomplish everything I've ever wanted to in the first month, just let go of that. You know, your number one priority right now is to not drink and then everything else will just come in its own time. So be kind to yourself first and foremost. Um, have compassion. I will say before I go on that if you um, are not a cooker and you don't have the bandwidth to figure that out, I do um, have a link above that lists meal delivery services. Trust me when I say that eating good meals is a priority. You have to make it a priority. So now might be the time to um, you know, do the Blue Apron thing um, or the spindly. You know, I there's I think twenty one in that um, in the link above. So just treat it like a need. You know, when we were drinking, you know, how often would we make compromises in our budget because you know, fuck it, whatever. Now is the time where you have to pay attention to your needs, and if you don't have the bandwidth or you're overwhelmed already at work and you're like, I can't take time off work right now to kind of heal. Well, then manage to get yourself, um, a food delivery service or other support or ask for help or, you know, work with a friend to share meals. Um, and I have a lot of other, uh, suggestions in the make a plan, eat the plan so the make a plan eat the plan is to for you to develop a food plan that works now if you are going to just do meal delivery services you don't need to do this yet Um, but it doesn't hurt to look at it Um, and if you are if you don't have the funds to hire oprah's chef for yourself then you're going to want to look at um, what you're doing and how to make your own life easier when it comes to meal prep so the exercise first we go in I go into your current habits you know and I try to break everything down do you make a grocery list when and and how often do you shop Um, what do you eat for breakfast lunch and dinner and you can print that form out or you can answer it I encourage you not to just answer it in your head though this exercise as it, it evolves into the exercise it's it's you have to write out your thoughts to really make sense of them you know these fleeting thoughts in our head are often just emotion based and it's only when we write them down hand or by hand or on a file on your computer whatever it really helps you come to understand what exactly it is that you think it's a very helpful process Um, so I ask you, you know, what tips or or strategies have you used or do you use, even if you don't use them all the time, you know, what works for you? You know, you have, I might say my best week is when I go to the grocery on the weekend and I have a list of all the meals I'm making for the week. That makes all the difference in the world because the worst question in the world is what's for dinner? Like, I can cook anything. It's that decision making process that amps up my stress. I don't know what's for dinner. Like, I don't know. But if I have a list and I take the time to work through that frustration on the weekend and make sure I've got the supplies, then it's all fine. Like, I can chop and cook. It's no big deal. So, I ask you to go through what you're currently doing and to look back on your life as as far as um, if you have ever been successful, you know maybe you've been on a diet or maybe you had really good habits and all your cylinders were firing. What was different about your life? And I want you to pull out the factors. You know, it may not have anything to do with food. Well, I was in a new relationship and we loved to eat. Okay, you know, so identifying the factors that did motivate you is really important. And then um, I ask you on a scale of one to 10, Given all of this information and just kind of beginning the process, how motivated are you to eat three meals every day, three healthy meals? And when you say, let's say you're, you, I'm a seven, I'm a seven. Okay. Well, instead of me asking you, well, why aren't you a 10, which we'll get into the obstacles, but what I want you to do is explain why you're a seven or why you're a four, or maybe you're a two. Well, why are you a two? What is motivating you? Because remember, um, ambivalence is not a lack of motivation. It's just conflicting motivations. So you might be motivated to eat healthy because you um, think it'll make you lose weight. Well, that counts. And then we can expand on that. You might be motivated to eat healthy because um, you think that it'll make you feel better okay well let's expand on that so then the exercise takes you into telling your story so i ask you to brainstorm all of the very legit and fully bullshit excuses that you tell yourself and again it's very important to write these down one way or another type or handwrite what are the reasons you tell yourself that you can't make dinner on any given night or why you're not eating breakfast or why you're not planning for your lunches. I do want you to consider all three meals and I I tell you to do that, but write it all down, no matter how real they are or how much you know, like, yeah, that's just an excuse. Write it all down, get it out of your head, get it onto a piece of paper. And then I ask you to examine that story. So after you have it all, I want you to pull out the underlying beliefs that are driving your behavior, such as I can't cook, Or, you know, my kids have evening activities, I'm never home, or healthy food is too expensive. Whatever it is that that ultimately is the core of that belief, creating those excuses and driving your behavior, it's really important to pull those out. Then I ask you to look at each one of those and write a new story so you know if you think that healthy eating is too expensive for example you might realize that not eating healthy is also expensive takeouts not cheap and driving around all the fast food restaurants that takes time if you factored in that um plus any medications that you use for chronic symptoms due to bad diet um healthy eating is actually far cheaper than poor eating it just doesn't look like that on a day-to-day basis Um, but you pay a price in the long term um, including bad decisions that you make you know if uh, when I get hungry and I have nothing to eat I feel stressed and then that leads me to make other hasty and impulsive decisions there's nothing worse than that hangry feeling and it often doesn't lead to good results so I ask you to write a new story identify each of your beliefs into the best that you can uh, work them. And then finally, um, after you've done all of that, I ask you to make a new prep uh, a new plan for how you're going to prepare your meals. And I want you to cover every concept so that there's no missing link. You know, so we start with when are you going to the grocery, where are you getting your recipes? Are you writing this down? Um, are you going to chop stuff when you get home? Are you going to cook on the weekends? What does all this look like? So really important to have Concrete steps and action plans. And then finally, below this video, I've included again, I think I included it in one of the early um, videos, and there's another copy in the library as well. But the supplemental support, where um, I go over the supplements that you can take to boost your brain chemistry the dopamine, the serotonin, the adrenal fatigue with the cortisol issues. Um, and Also taking a multivitamin, taking vitamin D and taking your omega-3s and I give you quick and easy links to Amazon, to basic supplements. Most supplements are all the same Um, and as long as you've got a quality company, you know, you can pay $7.99 or $13 and some jackass for sure is going to charge you $45. Um, You have to know what you're looking for but as long as they're passing the quality tests then you don't have to spend the big bucks. And I do look at those before I include the link. So I try to make it as easy as possible for you to make nutrition a priority, add supplements in where it works, and then look into the beliefs that need to be challenged so that you can move forward with better behavior. So um, reach out to me if you have any further nutrition questions, send me an email, jump on the Facebook group, Uh, Bring it to a call uh, because that's what I'm here for. And sometimes things can feel so overwhelming and then you boil it down and there's just one missing thing there and you're like, oh, okay, I got this. And you do have it. You're doing well. So I'll see you on the next session. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please take the time to rate and review the show so that other people can find it. I really appreciate it. And check out the show notes for any resources I've mentioned, including links to follow me on Instagram and join my private Facebook group where I connect with my tribe every day. I love it in there and we have so much fun. And finally, if you're ready to redefine sobriety so that you can feel excited about quitting drinking, follow the link to my 10 days to spontaneous sobriety course where I will help you eliminate, eradicate, obliterate, cancel your desire to drink. Because looking and feeling your best is addictive too. I'll see you soon.